Welcome to Uncontained episode 111. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and before we get this uh, show rolling, I have a shout out to take care of. Yes, a Patreon shout out. And uh, this goes to the show's first patron. And it's an honor having her as a supporter because she's a very talented author herself and a past guest of the show, Pat Griffith. And make sure you check her out at her website, lbfree.com. That's E-L-B-I-E free.com. Thank you, Pat. And uh, if you would like to support Uncontained, on Patreon, all you gotta do is go to patreon.com slash uncontained, and you'll have access to the shows and be be able to get some uh, free swag from the show as well that I'll be uh, sending out to different tiers. So, this episode of Uncontained is one with a great story behind it. A great story of overcoming what uh, what life throws at you. My guest this week is Dane. He's a rapper based out of the LA area and he has a new EP that just dropped on the 23rd of March titled 86 and Rhodes, a tribute to the area where he grew up in, in Chicago, or at least referring to it. You'll hear a lot about his story here and how he lives uncontained, what keeps him going, and uh, all the trials and tribulations that he had to overcome. I do have a bonus for you, a track off of his newly released EP titled Get Back. It's all coming up your way, and uh, well, what the hell am I keeping you waiting for? Let's get on with it. This is the debut single off the new EP. It's Get Back by Dane featuring Shy. Thank you. 
I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, dude. Uh, thanks for joining me on the show. And uh, I know you got some exciting things coming up for the people who are listening. But real quick, before we jump into the interview, do you want to take a moment and just uh, introduce yourself to my audience? Yes, I'll be glad to. Um, hello, everyone. <laughs> I go by the name of Dane. I'm an uh, R&B hip-hop artist. I've uh, been doing music for a very long time. Uh, I was raised in the choir. About seven years old, I started out in the choir. I didn't uh, venture into like R&B slash hip hop music until about 12 or 13. Started doing little small rap battles. And then I decided to uh, take embark on a, a music career because I'm so passionate about it and I love it so much. I'm trying to break into the industry. Very cool, man. Very cool. So you started out uh, rap battling when you were 13. Uh, you sang R&B pretty much your whole life? Yeah. I've been a singer for forever. The rap battling thing worked for a little while, but it wasn't it wasn't my true calling. So for those of us who haven't been in a true rap battle like myself, was it was it similar to what happened in like eight mile? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> never. It's never similar to that. It's just uh it kinda just happens. It's like not we don't like meet up at the shelter and, and <laughs> battle each other. You mean the, like the movie Mike. lied to me? The movie lied. Very, very much so. Maybe that's how Detroit does it. But in Chicago, uh, usually a crowd of people in a circle in the snow or the hot summer, just just rapping, just like getting it in. You know, it it doesn't really it doesn't start off as a battle. It starts off as a 
a get together and then people start going at each other. That's when it becomes a battle. Okay, right on. I figured it was something more like that instead of uh, like Eminem. Yeah, that's a little crazy. <laughs> okay, so now you went from rap battling at 13 to being on the verge, or actually by the time people hear this, your EP will be released. Um, what what are some what are some things along the journey that you've had to overcome to get to this this EP? <laughs> if I could name them all, we'd be here for three million years. But <laughs> there's been a lot. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of setbacks. And you know, they always say that if if you want to be successful, you have to fail a lot. And well, up until this point, I've been failing consistently. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been in um it actually started when I was sixteen. I really got I got serious about music when I was sixteen. I was in high school and I met a young kid by the name of Doc and he had a group named 4YMG and okay. he was like man he's like yeah he he was like uh you got a nice voice bro and he's like I would love to add you to the group because we're doing this thing and we're trying to like break it out I was like okay I I said yeah and then I ended up writing the first song and singing the whole first song and they everybody sang back up to me which was funny to me <laughs> <laughs> joined the group and took it over Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, that didn't end up working out. The whole thing fell apart with all of us because it's young boys and emotions and everybody wants to be in the spotlight. So it kind of didn't work out. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, after and then af after that, I recently I was um, I was working with a, another chat for um, we were doing some things. We were doing a kind of we we're trying to create a movement called Sunnyside. And that just kind of fell apart because I guess everybody wasn't on board with moving at a certain pace and people were just wanting things to, uh, I guess, come to them as opposed to putting in the work for it. But it just didn't work out in the end. So and that was kind of like the second straw of pretty much God telling me you need to do this yourself and stop relying on other people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then did you go out solo after that? I went, yeah, I went out solo. I went out solo after that. I, I, it was just time. It was time because I felt like I always, uh, I relied on, on other people when it came to music instead of trusting in myself. I was like, I need to have a group of people where we all succeed, where it was like, no, you just need to believe in yourself and believe in your talent and believe in your gift and work on it. Okay. Uh, so how old were you when you decided to do the solo thing? When I decided to do the solo thing by that time, well, well, if I take it back, let me take it back. I took a break from music for a long while. After the four YMT thing, I kind of quit on music. I'm okay. not going to lie. I kind of quit. I kinda, that was the first time I quit. That was the first failure. After that failure, I quit. <laughs> I quit music for a very long time. I didn't end up, I didn't end up picking up the, uh, up the mic or up the pen to write again until I was about 21. Literally, it's like a five-year hiatus. Okay, yeah. So you took a took a little time off to regroup. So what was it that yeah. uh, got you to up the pen and uh, write something again? I could never, I could never get it out of my mind that I just quit on it. I could never get it out. Of my, it never left. The passion was there for music. I just, I felt that I don't, I don't know. I didn't have a necessarily a platform to showcase my own talent by myself. And I felt it was so hard to, to push 
and to get into an industry that's very hard to break into. Yeah. And it kind of like discouraged me. So I quit, but then I thought about it as like, you know what, if you're going to be successful at something like it's got, it's not going to be easy to do it. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of work. Very so true statement said, right, right there. <laughs> let's do it again. So that's what made me pick up the pen and start over. Right on, right on. So uh, were you in L.A. at that time or? Yeah, I was in L.A. If I, if I, I, left Balt- I left Baltimore at 12. I got to Baltimore once I was, uh, I left, ba- I got to Baltimore when I was 12. I stayed there for a year. Baltimore was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I was glad to get out of there. Um, and then I uh, came to Los Angeles at 13 and started high school. And that's when I met the folks that I met for the group and all that. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I thought that happened in Chicago. I apologize. I wasn't uh, following no, you along I, geographically there. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That was uh, the music was stuff was straight was that's why I didn't get in tune with the music until I came out to LA and saw everybody wanted to be a star. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right on. So we played your track, Get Back, off of your new EP at the top of the show. So by now, everybody has heard one track off of your EP. What else can people expect on the EP that's coming out? And what is the title of the EP? The title of the EP is 86 and Rose. It comes from a, it's talking about the um, the place I lived when I was in Chicago for four years. That was a very, very dangerous area. And, uh it was a it was a place of hardship for me, and what people what I what I what I envision people getting from this EP is that everybody goes through struggle on a day to day basis, it, either whether it be relationships, whether it be life struggles, whether it be mental illness, whether it be I don't know financial. Everybody goes through the same types of struggles at some point in their life. Every family, every everybody has a family member that probably has a mental illness or has had something happen to them that's literally altered their life forever. Yeah. So this EP is like a reflection of my childhood, a reflection of my my possible mental instability, and a reflection of just my life growing up from a, a child to an adult, from relationships to heartbreak and to finessing women and all that. <laughs> all of these different things all rolled into one to taking drugs for the first time. I don't do drugs, but I tried it. So I wrote a song about it. <laughs> so you're going to get a lot from it. Right on, right on. So this is kind of the story of Dane up until now. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. I'm ever evolving. Ever evolving. All right. So 86 and Rhodes is coming out. That actually dropped Friday. Um, so you should be able to get that. Where, where can people find your album? You can find my album on iTunes, uh, Google play, Apple music title. You can Shazam me, all of that. And anywhere albums can be streamed, downloaded, wherever on all, all platforms. All right. All right. Cool. So just go to the internet and you'll be able to find it. (laughs) Exactly. Just turn on the computer. 
Yes, and it will automatically <laughs> appear on your home screen. That's how, how we do it. So so you said um, earlier when we were talking that um, your time in Baltimore, your time in Chicago, and everything like helped influence this CD. And as we said, it's kind of the story of Dane coming up. But what are some of the things that uh, you pulled from those experiences? <laughs> A lot. My time in Chicago... It was uh, very stressful, to say the least. I spent I spent my growing years in Chicago, and obviously, a lot of people know that Chicago is not a well. It's, it's two different worlds. Some people love Chicago, and some people hate it. I'm one of the ones that hate it, <laughs> honestly, because it was uh, it, it was tough. Yeah, it was it, it was tough for me and my siblings growing up, and uh, especially with my my a single parent living in a single parent home and my mom having a little bit of a mental illness subjecting us to things that were uh not so motherly to subject your kids to okay. so it, it kind of uh it kind of shaped my life in a, a certain light and it broke me a little bit because it was a uh, very debilitating i lived in uh i lived in a house that was condemned by the city and it had uh, no electricity, no no uh, no heat, no gas, no running water for four years. Wow! A kid from when I was about eight until about eleven. So that's that had to make thing that had to make things difficult right there, and uh, I could see you going through that why you didn't like Chicago so much. <laughs> yeah, it it kind of taints the whole place for me. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the taste of Chicago. Oh, yeah. The food in Chicago is amazing. Exactly. I just, I don't go a lot. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think I've, I don't think I've been back to visit Chicago since I left. Yeah. From my understanding, there's like two different sides to Chicago, like the rough side and yes, the, like the not so rough side. <laughs> yeah. There's the north side and then there's everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, what what I love about Chicago, being from the Midwest myself, is that, like as you said, the taste of Chicago. Like Chicago style pizza is my favorite, and I like the Italian beef and all that stuff right there. That makes me love Chicago yeah. right there. You know exactly. It'll make most people fall into Chicago, but there is so much more than the food that goes on in Chicago that people don't know about. I'm sure. I I am sure. I'm looking for the future. That's pretty much the thing. Is it's just like so. As we mentioned, like you got your start in Chicago, moved to Baltimore, then came out to L.A. So, like, how did well, how did you adjust to L.A. from say Chicago and Baltimore? It was a huge adjustment. Well, let's let's start with the reason why I left Chicago. Um, so, what happened? What what happened in Chicago was so the whole uh, condemned house living there for a while. The, uh, the manager of the house that we were living in didn't know that we were still living there. <laughs> she really? thought we left because we got evicted. I think we got evicted from the house, but my mother wouldn't leave. She just didn't want to leave. So she, the manager ended up turning off the lights. She turned off the heat. She turned off the electricity. All of She turned off everything. So she thought that would get us out, but my mom was, she was steadfast and she was headstrong. So she was like, I'm not leaving. So we're kids injected to this 
me and my brothers and my sister. It was four of us. I have two bro- older brothers and an older sister. My oldest brother left because he was of age, so he could get away from that. Okay. But me and my other brother, my sister, were not so lucky. So that whole thing, once that finally boiled over, the manager turned on, turned back on the stuff. But this is after four years. She turned the stuff back on because she thought we had left to come and find that we were still living there <laughs> and all of this disgustingness. And it ended up happening where uh, they went to court, my mother and the, against the manager. And obviously my mom lost because she was endangering her children by subjecting them to this, these conditions, yeah. disgusting conditions. So she took me with her to the court date and I almost ended up in a foster home. Um, if my great grandmother wouldn't have come and picked me up from the foster home, I would have been in the system until I was 18. Oh, so wow. God bless my great grandmother anime for coming and <clears throat> save me. Yeah, definitely. So I ended up, I, yeah, I ended up uh, <laughs> living with my great grandmother for close to a year, and my mom, they, my, they sent my mom to jail. <laughs> so my mom went to jail for six or seven months, and um. Once she got out of jail, she came to live with my grandmother, and the hand kicks began all over again. So when my grandmother kicked us out of her house, and so we had to leave Chicago and go and move with my mom's father in Baltimore. So okay. that was the transition of how we went to Baltimore. It wasn't an in, it wasn't a we wanted to go to Baltimore. It was we were forced to because we had nowhere to stay once again. So I lived in a house that was condemned, and now I'm evicted on the out on the street so we had to move to Baltimore and we get to Baltimore and it's the worst situation we're living in the inner city in Baltimore and if you've seen the wire that's how it really is okay <laughs> it's really like that in Baltimore Damn. I don't know how, I don't know about now but I know when I was living there it's exactly like that and I had never seen the wire so it was like it was like normal life for me Coming from what I was coming from, it wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting much better. Yeah. So, so, so what ended up happening in Baltimore was I got into a, a conflict with um with some kids. There were they would it was a group of kids like forty of them that would walk around jumping kick anybody at random. There was no reason to it whatsoever, just to just jump them. So I got into a conflict with those kids and. Some, my my mom ended up getting into a conflict with my granddad, and he kicked us out. So <laughs> now we went from being homeless in Chicago to moving to Baltimore, being homeless in Baltimore, and my mom ending up putting me on a bus by myself at 13 and shipping me across the country on a like a six-day trip to California. Yeah. I'm 13 years old. I think she, she literally gave me like $50 and said, get on this bus, you're going to California to stay with your grandmother. Okay, I was just going to ask, like, did you know anybody out here in California? Or, but well, yeah, my grandma, I, have, yeah I, have, I have family out here. My grandmother was out here, my uncles were out here, my brother, my middle brother was out here because my mom shipped him off when we were in Chicago. She shipped him off, and then he, she, my sister went to live with my aunt in Chicago. So we were all split up, and okay. that was to keep the courts taking us from my mother. And they was like, well, they can't be with this woman. Either they go here or they go in the system. Yeah. So they were trying to break her up as a family. So my mom shipped this all off to family members. 
but she kept me, the youngest one, the baby, with her to endure all this trouble and stress. Yeah. For what reason? I have no idea. But yeah, we we I ended up coming to California. Um, my grandmother literally didn't know I was coming to California until the day I was in California. Really? My mom called her the morning. The mom, my mom called her the morning my bus got in California and said, your grandson is on the bus. That's how she told my grandmother I was coming to California. Wow. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, literally. So she couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my, they were, they, my uncle was, in, was furious. It was just, it was, it was, it's all, it's just been a life of stress for me. I'm sorry to hear that, man, but it says a lot. It says a lot about your character that you have gone through all that crap and have not given in and wanting to continue to strive, as you mentioned, looking towards the future. Yeah, exactly. Well, both of my, both of my brothers, unfortunately, are in prison for heinous crimes. I'm sorry but to hear I, that. I have those. I have those as units of measure to not to not do. It was it's it was it's been a lot, but I look at it that way. I just I didn't want to end up like the normal stereotype or the a stereotypical thing where it's like, okay, well you come from a, a terrible beginning, so your only option is to sell drugs, do crime, and either end up dead or in prison. I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I don't blame you. So, <laughs> I'm striving to do something to break the cycle. Oh, and and on top of that, obviously, not once have I mentioned the dad because there was not one around. Have you been in touch with your dad at all, or do you? I if you don't want to talk about that, we're fine. But no, 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 it's something I'm fine. I've I've come to peace with it. I have talked to my dad. Actually, conversations I've never had with my dad. I think I've seen my dad twice in my entire life, and every time, all he did was give me money like a bride that was it but i he was more interested in my mom than me so that's the extent of that relationship but i've come to terms with that it's not really it hurt a lot because there's a lot of things that i didn't learn about the world as a as growing up as a man in the world but you live and you learn so yeah i said i have to teach my son something different he'll always have me he'll never have that feeling that that is it made me a better awesome. Dad. It made me a better dad. That is awesome that you can take made- uh, those experiences and turn them into something good. Like you were talking about, like learning from your failures and stuff. I'm not saying the way yeah. you came up with a failure, but it's really, it's you know, it's le- it's still learning from something that wasn't the best situation for you. So that yeah, exactly. I applaud that, my friend. Um, Thank you. So, so now what's uh, let's we've talked about the past. What's in the future for you? Uh, hopefully, doing music until I break my legs. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. In uh, the future for me is really is can make sure I'm able to support my kids and watch them grow. That's the main thing. And um, just making sure that they have a better life than I had. And I, and I can already say that partially I've already accomplished that because my kids, they already live better than me because I'm here. That's the number one thing. They have both their parents. 
That's that's I think awesome, that's so man. important. It's so vital. But in but obviously in the future I'm hoping I'm uh, rocking a stage somewhere internationally or domestically and letting people hear my story and, and bring in some some light to different situations in Chicago, especially on mental illness because as a black community, a lot of people we don't we don't really talk about that. And I feel like a lot of people suffer from mental illness that it goes unsaid or un no spotlight on it. Yeah, undiagnosed or what Yeah. Yeah, so definitely good. So are you doing anything to help uh shine a spotlight on the mental illness? At the moment I, w- I need to find like the right cause, but I do want to. I want to find something where I can help shine a light on it. Okay. All right, man. So, um, did did your uh, mom ever make it out to California? Are you in contact with her today, or? Um, I'm not in contact with my mom right now, but she did come to California. She followed me to California. And uh, she came to California with my grandmother and with me and my uncle and all my the rest of my family. And she decided she didn't like it in California, so she wanted to take me back to Chicago. <laughs> and I refused to go. So at that time, I was 16. I refused to go there. I said, "No, I'm not. I'm not going back with you." I was like, I, the, the, "The bus stops here. Like, no, I'm not going on this roller coaster ride again." Yeah. So I was like, I'm, I'll, I'll stay here with my grandmother. And so literally my mom packed up and left without, without a thought. She just boned out. And then, uh, my, I stayed with my, my grandmother raised me all throughout my teenage years into adulthood, kind of until I was 18. That's when I literally left the nest. I left my grandmother's house when I was 18. Wow. That, that, I'm glad you had your grandmother out here to help, uh, help take care of you, man. Because uh, that would have sucked having to continue the cycle going back to back to Chicago with your mom. Yeah, my my grandmother, my grandmother. She doesn't think I I know this, but she's the only one that really, really, really cared about me like the most. And I love my grandmother to death. Do anything for that lady. That's why I work so hard. I work so hard so I can give my grandmother the best life that she's never been able to live because she's always been taking care of everybody and never take the time to take care of herself. That's one of my motivation, motivation factors. That is a great motivation. You know, we got to take care of family. Uh, cause you know, family's family, you know, especially when it's the family that was there to help you. Yeah, exactly. So if that made sense on how the hell I said that, I don't know. I got it. I got it. All right. So you have been through a lot in your life. Put that into your music. Now, what advice do you have for people who are looking to putting out that first EP like uh, you're doing? Or what are you, uh, what advice would you have for somebody? What, what, What advice do I have? Don't, don't take no advice. That's the best advice you can get. Don't take advice. If I if if I had a dollar for every time people gave me advice on doing something that they've never done and they know how to do it correctly, I'd have a million dollars. 
especially in California, where everybody swears they know how to do something. <laughs> it's just if you feel if you feel in your bones, if you feel in your bones that you're good enough to do something, that's usually because you are good enough to do something. But you've got to have the work ethic and the grind and the consistency and the know-how to just go out there and put yourself out there and work. The main thing I would tell people is work. Like don't don't try to don't try to fake live it. Just work. If you work at it and work at it and like really work at it, you should at some point break through. At some point. It's not gonna be easy. And I I I'm a perfect example of it not being easy. <laughs> yes you are. Even now, uh, even now even now I'm not a hundred percent successful, but I'm just I don't give up. I'm not going to give up. I can't. I have too much that depend on me for me to give up. So I just say, if to anyone, if you're trying to do music and you're passionate about it, work at it like it's a job. Treat I, it like you treat a nine to five. Grind. I like it, man. I like it. Very good advice right there. Even though you told them not to take your advice at the beginning of it, but that is exactly that, don't that, take my advice. But but that's good advice. So do take his advice on that. <laughs> All right. So what are you doing currently to promote yourself, Dane? Um, the main major thing is um, I'm putting myself out there on social media. You know, we live in the technology age, so you gotta use social media to promote. And then I'm doing shows. Like um, I just had a show at um at the Whiskey a Go Go nice. on Sunday, the 25th. And then I have another show coming up at the uh, Offbeat on York in Hollywood on April 15th. So y'all can come out to that if y'all want to hear some sound. All right, cool, cool. So, yeah, if you're in the L.A. area, make sure you make it out there. Or if you're not, try to get out there. <laughs> exactly. Or or follow me on Instagram, and I'm just Dane, and I'll live stream it. All right, very cool. I may have to check that out because I'm not quite down in the L.A. area. Exactly. So that's very cool. Check out a live stream of your concert on Instagram. So that's one cool thing that you're doing promotional wise with social media. Are you doing anything? Do you have any other like social media strategies that you like? I like the live streaming. Well, yeah, I do live streaming. I have music on YouTube that I'm promoting hard. Like um, I have a track release out for the song Get Back. It's a little visual. I'm working on a couple of videos and lyric videos to put out as visuals as well. All and right. all of it is that I'm the same. Just look at me. It's all independent. So it's all being done by me and my team of trusty goons. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> trusty goons. I like that. That that could be the name of the show. You never know. Trusty goons with Bane. <laughs> Mid circle of goons and gangsters. No, I'm just no, no, I'm joking. No, it's friends of mine, friends of mine that are, that really believe in me and believe in my work ethic because they see they don't know all of my stories. I don't talk about it a lot. I don't literally talk about my beginning. Like some people that are like, I had a friend that was my best friend. He knew everything about me, and we kind of fell out and we kind of reconciled recently. But that's, there's not a lot of people that know my whole story. So people see me and they see a guy, and they're like. Oh, well, you had it all. I'm like, you only knew. <laughs> I did not have anything. 
Yeah. Wow. So, and, uh, so they got a couple good uh, promotional things going on. As I mentioned, I really like the uh, live streaming of the concert. I'll have to uh, check that out. And uh, what what is a highlight or two that you've experienced so far in uh, your career? I would actually say the biggest highlight is actually putting out this project because this project is so near. It's so it's so near and dear to my heart that I'm just like. Even when I look at like the pre-orders for EP, I'm like, dang, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually putting this out for people to judge it. And people may come back and say, this is the garbage of stuff I've ever heard. Or <laughs> you may get the other, the latter. But I just want to put the story out there. And so I feel like that's a highlight. I, and also performing live. Performing live is always the highlight because I just love to perform. That is my thing. I feel awesome. I feel so at home on stage. Awesome, man. Very nice. So, all right, you're saying like one of the hi- your highlights putting out this album and performing on stage. Yes. When you are performing, and somebody comes to your show, or they pick up your uh, new album, which is '86 and Roads. What do you want yes. them to take away from it? What do you want them to remember about it, or feel? Well. I want them to have good feelings. I want them to feel that it is, it is, it, it happens. Everybody doesn't always end up like their beginnings. And that can go for if you were born into a situation I was born into, if you were born in a trailer park in Detroit, if you were born in the ghettos in Baton Rouge, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you come from in the beginning. Like you can still do something great. And you don't have to be locked into a box of what you were, what you started from. You have endless potential. Yeah. So if they took something away from my EP, I just want them to take away the fact is like, I even the fact that you're picking this up, I made it. Like I made it already. Like I'm here. Like I'm doing something positive with my life as opposed to negative. Very cool, man. I I I like that a lot. So we're down to the final question here, Dane. Uh, but before before I hit that final question, I want to give you one more shot to let people know uh, what your corner of the internet is. Where can people find you online? Oh, yeah. Well, I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. On Instagram, you can follow me at I'm Just Dane. Same thing for Facebook, um, backslash I'm Just Dane. On Twitter, just add a 28, I'm Just Dane 28. And then okay. on YouTube, same thing. YouTube, same thing, I'm Just Dane. The YouTube channel is really what I do a lot on that and Instagram. So if you follow those or subscribe to my YouTube channel, I'm just saying you're going to see a lot of new content, videos, show footage, um, track releases, anything that I can put up. You know, on Instagram, you're just going to see my wacky life, me, my kids, my friends, and how how I navigate this thing we call life and not die. (laughs) (laughs) That's always the challenge, not to die. Exactly. There are there is a thousand ways. <laughs> there there is, yes. I've seen that show. Um one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Those are always the stupidest ways too. I remember one like some lady was wearing some like metal bra and yeah, that, got struck by lightning. So many retarded ways of dying, and there, there's always people out there who think of new stupid ways to die. Oh yeah, what fun! <laughs> is, what fun is it without innovating? There you go. <laughs> you can definitely innovate. 
anybody can die <laughs> yeah. a normal life. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to go to sleep and die nowadays. You got to make it spectacular. No, you got to make it memorable. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right, so I do have that one final question for you. It is the title question of the show. Dane, how do you live uncontained? How do I live uncontained? By taking my life by the balls. I live <laughs> uncontained by, by, by using my, my past struggles as a way to propel myself into the future, into success, by, by never, ever, never, ever giving in to failure, never, ever conceding. To the fact is, my I was dealt the shorthand. So when I live uncontained, I live truly uncontained because I'm never going to take advice and I'm never going to let people tell me. Literally, I'm never going to let people tell me what I should be doing because you're not fucking me. How the fuck are you going to tell me how to be me? <laughs> so Very true. We're, we're all individuals and everybody is completely different. Two people are alike. So there's no one on this earth that can tell me how to be me. I'm the only person that can that can literally figure that out. So that's how I live uncontained by saying fuck you to everybody who tries to tell me what I can't do. <laughs> Fair enough, man. That's kind of like a different take on the Oscar Wilde quote where it's like be yourself because everybody else is already taken. It's like, well, yeah. nobody else is me, so you can't tell me how the hell to be me. I'm just going to be me. So it's exactly. It's kind of the same thing, but a little different twist and a little different attitude. I I, I appreciate it. One of, <laughs> one of one of a kind. Maybe I'm one and only. I'm the only model. Fair enough, man. That's a good thing. That's a good thing here. And I have one final thing for you to do. Okay. I have all my guests sign off the show. It's been really great okay. having you on the show. And uh, thanks for sharing as much as you have with me. I know you said uh, you don't like to necessarily talk about your whole story. And I appreciate you doing that right here on Uncontained. uh, It's impressive, man. I'm impressed with uh, how you overcame things, you know, because everybody has struggles, some greater than others. And you being able to overcome them is uh, pretty awesome, man. Um, Will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight. Yes, yes, I will. Um, I'll leave you guys with something to think about. Whenever whenever people tell you that there's something that you can't do in life, man, give them the middle finger. Because the only reason they're telling you you can't do it is because they tried and failed and they gave up. My name is Dane, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Dane for stopping by, talking with me, sharing his story, and also sharing a track off of his new EP, 86 and Roads. And uh, that is available on iTunes, available on Amazon, and I'm guessing just about anywhere where you can buy music online, you'll be able to find that. And uh, make sure you check out that album. And thank you for your support of the show. Even if it's as simple as just telling somebody about it, spreading the word, it's helping Uncontain grow. If uh, financially, you're willing to help out. That's why I have a Patreon account or the Amazon banner at the top of my page. And, you know, there's other ways such as uncontained merch as well. Any support 
is appreciated. Thank you for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.